0: Welcome to a Heritage Christian Centre podcast. For more information, visit www.heritagecc.com.au. We hope this message blesses your life. Good morning, church. This is our last Sunday before we enter winter officially. Been a few chilly days along the way, you know, and while it might be cold outside at times, let's make sure we keep our hearts on fire for Jesus. It's a great day. I love God, love what He's doing. And I believe as a church, we're going to continue to grow. I still believe that God's Word to us at the beginning of the year, that this will be a year of increase, is still His Word. God's Word doesn't change because our circumstances do. God is powerful and confirms His Word. You know, it's Pentecost Sunday. What, what a great day. And, you know, and while much of the church believes and even celebrates this day, Many have forgotten what that first church Pentecost day meant. Much of the world lives in a a state of forgetfulness. We forget that Christmas is about Christ's birth and not Santa Claus and presents. And that Easter is about Jesus' death, burial and resurrection, not a fictitious bunny and eggs. It would be like Anzac Day being a day about feathers in a hat and roses and not about the sacrificial price paid for our freedoms from tyranny and oppression. See, Pentecost is a celebration of the day the Holy Spirit came in a new dimension into the lives of Jesus' followers. It marked the new beginning for the people of God. It also proved once again the love of God for us all. Uh, Listen to Jesus' heart on the matter in John 14, 1-3. He's talking about going away. There's there's a whole series here, but listen to it. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions or many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Here we find a, a time when Jesus was very much aware that his disciples were heading for a season when their hearts would be troubled. They were concerned that he was leaving, where he was going, would, they, would he be back, and, and what would life look like when he's not here? They're gonna have a million questions that they would need to deal with. And Jesus knows what lies ahead, even beyond their limited imaginations. In John 16, Jesus tells us why he's telling them this whole series of things from chapter 13 through to chapter 17. In John 16, 1, he says, These things I have spoken to you, that you should not be made to stumble. So Jesus' heart and concern is for the well being. Of his followers, there's this desire. I'm telling you all this from chapter 13 to 17, so that you won't stumble when all the stuff happens that would create questions in your heart, doubts in your mind, fears in your life, anxieties. And he's telling them this for that purpose. Uh, so, so what's he going to do to help them? What is in this passage? And you know, we see we have the benefit of hindsight. And we know that looking back, the disciples are going to face two major challenges in life. Firstly, they're going to see their hopes and dreams in Jesus die as he's put to death on the cross. And we know what those dreams were from Acts 1 6. Listen to it. Therefore, when they had come together, this is after the resurrection, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? They had dreams. They had seen those dreams dashed when Jesus was crucified. And then miraculously, those dreams were resurrected with Jesus' resurrection. See, but Jesus knew their dreams were gonna be dashed again when He would leave them and return to heaven. All those questions would come in their hearts, but what now? And Jesus gave them a simple Directive on how to face the days ahead. The first simple directive was wait, wait. In Acts 1 4, Jesus says, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me. So Jesus has told them in that passage from John 13 to 17, Jesus told them about the promise. What promise? Well, it's in chapter 14 of John. Let's, let's read it. Uh, and this is the promise that would help them when their hearts could be troubled. The, the one that would help them not to stumble. Verse 16 of John 14. And I will pray the Father, and He will give you another helper, that He may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and he will. Listen, future tense, current tense, he dwells with you. Future tense and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. In John 14, 16, in the King James, it says another comforter, another helper, another comforter. I know that we often focus on the power of the Holy Spirit and the Pentecostal experience that we so strongly believe is a Pentecostal church. And, and I'll address the, the power, the purpose of Pentecost next week. But today I want to focus on something that's often neglected, especially in Pentecostal churches. While I know and agree that the power of Pentecost is the supply of God to fulfill the great commission, there is another side to it. So before we move on to the other side, let's quickly address that first point and, and we'll look at it more in depth next week. In Acts 1.8, but you shall receive power, dunamis, power, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. You know, that's the normal aspect we, we see spoken about. And we'll do that more fully next week. The purpose of the power is to reach a world trapped in sin. People deceived by the devil and snared to do his will, and they don't even know it. The power of the Holy Spirit in our lives needs to be at work to show the world the love of God, the mercy of God, the forgiveness of God, the goodness of God that draws them to repentance. See, there's no question that this event followed in the lives of believers after they were converted. This this power of Pentecost. Sometimes very soon after in the New Testament, people are filled with the Holy Spirit almost immediately, simultaneously even. And sometimes there's a significant distance between their, 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 their conversion to Christ and their being filled with the Holy Spirit. And sometimes it's before water baptism, sometimes after water baptism. Always with or after conversion, and always identified as an additional and separate event. People often people often battle with this because there's a tendency in all, all of us to bring our believing down to our experience. Instead of continuing to believe until our experience matches and reaches our believing. We doubt that God still heals because that's not our experience at times. We doubt that God still speaks because that is not our experience for some. We doubt that miracles still happen because for some that's not our experience. We doubt that the evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit is speaking in other tongues or God-given languages because that's not our experience. And then what people do is they twist the Scriptures and they read stuff into it that's not there to match their experience. Sadly, some preachers and movements still teach and preach against this evidential experience, this initial evidence of speaking in other languages. When it's obvious right across the church that God is still filling people from all church affiliations with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in other unlearned languages. See, the charismatic movies is just the power of Pentecost manifesting in non-Pentecostal branded churches. Anyway, we'll, we'll address that more next week. For now, I want to look not at the purpose, but the motive behind this experience, this Pentecostal experience from Jesus' perspective, from God's viewpoint. Let me read it again. We'll read it from John 14, 16 to 18 in the Message. I will talk to the Father and He'll provide you another friend so that you always have someone with you. This friend is the Spirit of truth. The godless world can't take Him in because it doesn't have eyes to see Him, doesn't know what to look for. But you know Him already because He's been staying with you and will even be in you. I will not leave you orphaned I'm coming back. That's such a powerful passage because it shows us the motive behind the experience that produces power. It's deeper than the purpose, it's the motive, the core of the whole journey. I'll talk to my father, he'll provide you another friend. I won't leave you orphans, so you'll always have someone with you. While Jesus was with the disciples, He was aware of the challenges that they would face. He didn't talk about the power first, but he spoke about the relationships, the care, the compassion for his brothers and sisters in God. You want to see a church with the power of God? Let's look at the early church and see the church at Corinth. This is the power and and they've missed something. Listen, 1 Corinthians 1, 5 to 7 talking to the church at Corinth, that you were enriched in everything by Him, in all utterance, and all knowledge, and even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that you come short in no gift, eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. That word gift is the same word used in the nine gifts or manifestations of the Holy Spirit. This church had the power of the Holy Spirit evidenced healings, miracles, prophecy, tongues, tongues with interpretation, discernment, faith, on and on and on. They they had it. But when we see how Paul addressed them and their issues, we see one major problem, not the purpose, not the power, but their motive. Their motive was messed up. Look at verse 25 of 1 Corinthians 12 that there should be no division, no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. See, they had missed the main issue. They were divisive and full of pride. They took the gifts but forgot the heart and motive of the giver. Sadly, much of the early Pentecostal church moved to that same problem. Pentecostals became proud of speaking in other tongues or or the Spirit-given languages. They became proud of prophecy and tongues with interpretation, became proud of miracles and healings and sadly demeaned other churches and movements in the past. They missed the heart and motive of both the giver and the gifts. Uh, And then when we look at 1 Corinthians, Paul deals with this. He spends a whole chapter Especially focused on it. It is right through the whole book, but especially one chapter. And many of you would know this. 1 Corinthians 13. It's a whole chapter about love. You know, though I speak with the tongue of men and angels and have not love, I become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And he finishes or down the track a bit in verse 13. And now abide faith, hope, and love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Notice the motive is more important than the, the purpose because the purpose will never be met properly if the motive isn't right. The motive has to be love. Now, Paul is in no way denigrating the working of the power of God by the Holy Spirit. In no way is he saying it should stop at any time in history. It, it starts when Jesus comes back. He's not denigrating it. But he's saying it's got to have a right motive. Listen, in 1 Corinthians 14, 5, I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied. For he who prophesies is is greater than he who speaks with tongues, unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. In 14, verse 18, I thank my God I speak in tongues more than you all. See, Paul never speaks against the gifts or the manifested power of the Holy Spirit but He's challenging the underlying motives and the heart. See, when we miss the primary motive, the reason for the coming of the Holy Spirit, we misuse the working of the Holy Spirit and His power. Again, let's go back and say Jesus' words in John 14, I'll talk to the Father. He'll provide you another friend. I won't leave you orphans. So, you'll always have someone with you. Wow. In this age and time of social isolation, when we sometimes can feel so alone, and I know there are people out there feeling alone. The whole purpose of the Holy Spirit, the motive, sorry, the whole motive is that you would not feel alone, that you would know the Holy Spirit so intimately, that you would know that the love of God by the Spirit, that He's never leaving you. He's not forsaking you. He's always with you. And so when in our mind we think, well, there's no one cares, that's not true. We might not see it in tangible ways, but the Holy Spirit, another helper, He's with you always, Jesus says. Always. Someone you'll have with you always. In Galatians, Paul touches on a similar topic. He says in Galatians 5 6, in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything. In other words, the religious stuff doesn't mean anything, but faith working through love. See, if we don't get that motive right, then nothing else matters. If we don't get the motive of love right, the power will be misused. We come to Him because of His love. Jesus expressed His love to the disciples and that includes us by sending the Holy Spirit who is now still poured out in the world. We, we just have to receive Him into our lives. In 1 Peter 2.4, it says, We come to Him as a living stone. Rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious. In John 15 20, remember the word I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they'll persecute you. See, the world is not going to accept us. And we've got to be careful not to accept the values of the world. They They will taint our motives. James says this, don't you know, reading from the Passion, James 4 4, don't you know that flirting with the world's values Places you at odds with God? See, the primary reason of Pentecost is to bring assurance to our lives so that we can then, from a right heart of love for God and love for people, move in the power of Spirit, the power of Pentecost. It's that which enables us to triumph over the world and the flesh and sin. That's the power, but it only will flow through the heart of love, the right motive. In Romans 8, Paul records this. He says, The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. See, the Spirit bears witness with our spirit. It's about the relationship. It's not about the power to do the works. that's, That's down the track. It's about the relationship, the power. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ. And if we suffer with Him, we'll be glorified together. I consider, Paul says, the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. How can Paul talk like that? Because he's knowing more and more the love of God. Because he's knowing more and more why the Holy Spirit is in him. Yes, there's the produce, but there's the motive, love. I love God. God loves me. I'm secure in that love then the power can flow. But we want to deal with it. It's Pentecost. Let's get the motive right. And then we'll deal with the power later. See, from the assurance within our acceptance by God and that we are never alone because the Holy Spirit is not just with us, but in us. We can then show the world the love and the goodness of God. That means the power. Paul wants us to be assured of this love. In 2 Thessalonians 1, 11 and 12, Paul's praying for them. He says, Therefore, we also pray always for you, that our God would count you worthy of His calling and fulfil all the good pleasure of His goodness and the work of faith with power, that the name of the Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in Him according to the grace of our Lord, of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. See, that happens when we have a right foundation. That happens when we're in right relationship. That happens when the motive is right. Then the grace of God and the power of God flows through us and He is glorified in it all. When we're confident in who and whose we are and that we are fully accepted by God. Wow, fully accepted accepted by God. We can change our world through faith, by faith through love. In Romans 2, Paul says, don't despise in verse 4 the riches of His goodness, forbearance and long-suffering. That's relational. Not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance. God wants people to come into relationships. God wants to take away the the barriers, the walls between us. That's why Jesus came, to remove that wall that separated us from God. And now there's this opportunity for everyone to have free access through faith. See, everything is a battle of faith and love. When we have that confidence in God, that we're not alone on this journey. We're not alone in the battles that we face and we face battles. Then we find strength and courage that that the Holy Spirit is with us and that He will enable us. He will manifest in and through us and through our lives in power. That power is the result of the purpose, but the motive is always love. God is love. And His desire is that all humanity would respond and receive His love. Everything Jesus did was an expression of God's love to the world, of God's desire to rescue the perishing, the people who were snared by the devil and unaware of it. Everything He does is love. Even if they reject Him, God is still reaching out to people with love. And I know that because of the Holy Spirit in me. And you can know that if you've got the Holy Spirit in you. Whether you're born of the Spirit or filled with the Spirit, the Holy Spirit wants to reveal the motive of God, love. And then from love, let power flow. If we love God, we want everything God has to love the people of the world. Everything we need, all the power, the grace, that's what the Holy Spirit is for in Pentecost. But the motive still is love. In John 3, it says this, in verse 14 to 17. And as Moses was lifted up in the wilderness, even so the Son of Man, that's Jesus, be lifted up. That was on the cross. That whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. There's the motive of love and the purpose to rescue people. It's the same as Pentecost. The motive is love. God, Jesus sends the Holy Spirit asking the Father. The motive is love so that we can rescue people, so people can be saved. People can know Jesus. That's the purpose. But the motive is love, 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 the love of God. And you know, God loves you wherever you are, And whatever your past looks like, God still loves you. He has a better plan for your future. A better plan than your past has been. A better plan than where you're heading right now if you don't know Him. It will probably not be an easy plan, but it's definitely a better one. It's a one that will lead you along a path that will have challenges and obstacles, but it will bring you to eternal life. And you receive it by believing in Jesus. And that believing includes repentance from the past, living without Him as the Lord of your life, which is called sin. See, if Jesus is not Lord, everything is sin. See, we often think sin is the nasty, wicked things that people do, but sin is just living without Jesus living without Him. And you receive it. Receive it by believing in Jesus. This, this wonderful life, this, this better plan. Receive it by believing in Jesus. And that believing includes repentance. Repentance from your past. And acceptance of living a life for Him. It's living with Him as Lord of all. Accepting His plan for what lies ahead of you and living for Him until we see Him face to face. Simply it's saying yes to Jesus and His way of living. Yes to Him. Yes, I need salvation. I need to be born of the Spirit of God. And then in the journey, yes, I want to be water baptized. Yes, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I don't just want to be born. I want to be filled with the Spirit. So with the motive of love, I have the power of God because I want to love people the way God loves me. And if that's what you want, you can do that by asking Jesus into your life. You can pray with me and I'm happy to lead you phrase by phrase in a simple prayer. And if that prayer agrees with your heart, God will forgive you. God will accept you. He will not condemn you, but He will save you from sin and give you everlasting life. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I come to You today. I ask You to forgive me for my sin. Forgive me for living my life without Jesus as Lord. I accept Jesus Christ into my life right now by repentance and receiving Him. Thank You for forgiving me. Thank You for saving me. Thank You for giving me a future that's better than my past. And these things I ask, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' mighty Name. If you said yes to Jesus today, Please contact the church as we have some things to help you on your journey of faith. We wanna connect you to Jesus and connect you to Jesus' people. And the details will follow shortly after we've finished. Just keep watching and take note of them. Next week, we're gonna look at the power and the purpose of Pentecost. But I do want you to remember, Jesus said this about Pentecost to His disciples. I'll talk to my Father. He'll provide you a friend, another friend. I won't leave you orphans. So you'll always have someone with you. His plan is to never leave you alone, to to never abandon you. He said He'd come back for us. That's the love of God. That's the motive. It's always love. And we want to walk that walk. We're going to help you walk that walk. One of the things we do as a church also is is next week, we're going to have communion in our homes. We'll have it here in the recording, but also in our homes. So prepare for next week as well as we come into winter, you know, into the winter months and, and have communion of remembering what Jesus did on the cross, which led to the day He ascended and told the disciples to wait for the promise of the Father, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit which is a motive of love so you would never be alone. Tonight also, uh, if you jump onto the Heritage Young Adults Facebook page, they're doing Young Adults are going to do a service tonight. It'd be great for you. And look, we just love you all. We just want you to know the love of God. There are challenges ahead of us, but at the end of it all, it's loving God and loving people and then for us to connect people to Jesus and the love of God. God bless you all.